Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as periodic standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 215. Starting off with security news, Iran got hit with a massive DDoS that took out like a quarter of its internet. Jigsaw, which is a Google company, has released a platform called Assembler that helps journalists and other fact checkers validate the authenticity of the images. The FBI is investigating over 1,000 cases of Chinese theft of U.S. technologies. And it looks like we might be about to charge a few members of the Chinese military in the Equifax hack. So the OPM hack, Marriott, Equifax, all of these are all Chinese attacks, which supports the narrative that I put forth before about basically them building a giant database on Americans so they can use it for various purposes in the future, mostly industrial espionage, but probably military espionage and lots of other things as well. Twitter is going to start labeling deepfakes that it deems to be misleading and or harmful. Advisories, Android has a nasty Bluetooth vulnerability that allows an attacker to silently execute arbitrary code on any device with Bluetooth enabled. So if you're able to patch with your version of Android, definitely patch if you can. Cisco has a number of critical issues with its discovery protocol, which is affecting tens of millions of enterprise devices like IP phones. There's a flaw in sudo that allows you to get root. And Medtronic released patches for a cardiac device with flaws dating back to 2018 and 2019. Breaches, Netanyahu's party has leaked the data of over 6.4 million Israelis. And that's mostly it for security news this week. A little bit slow for security news. Technology news, Facebook has found a way to tag images to tell if they've been used to train a machine learning algorithm. This is pretty cool. They're calling it radioactive data. So you basically put a marker and you can see it move through the system. A TV station in South Korea used a bunch of technology to create a simulation of a family's dead daughter. The mother was able to go into VR and see her and interact with her. It sounds super creepy at first, but the more you learn about it, the more it sounds like it was actually done well. This is another reminder that very similar technology can be used to produce both nightmares and dreams, just like it could also create tools and weapons. Black Mirror did an episode on this where it went really bad, right? It was just a a total dystopia. And this particular implementation seems mostly healthy. Like they, they weren't pretending that she was alive or anything like that. The parents, everyone knew exactly what was going on. And the twin daughter actually helped create like the lifelikeness of the um, of the moving images and everything. So, I mean, it was, to me, it was transparent and it was, it was done in a tasteful way. And it's possible, as the Black Mirror episode shows, to really not do that and have it go bad. Unfortunately, there's nothing we could say about the next implementation based on seeing the Black Mirror one and this one. We have to get used to the fact that we're not going to know how weird it's going to be when we start messing with tech that's so powerful, it starts blurring the lines of humanity. Like one could go off really well and everyone likes it and says, wow, that's really wholesome. And then someone tries to execute almost the exact same thing and you have the uncanny valley and it's just super, super creepy. NVIDIA's GeForce Now service seems to be much better than Google Stadia so far. And lots of people are surprised actually how good it is. This is the technology where you can actually have a really bad PC 
and you connect to the service. And on the server side, on the in the cloud side, they actually have a powerful system running the game that you want to play. And there's tons and tons of games available. So you're getting pretty much the performance of a high-end PC, even though you don't have to buy one. So the limitation there, of course, is bandwidth. It's the uh, latency, basically, right? So your connection really matters, how close you are to the game server, all that really matters. But graphics-wise, that's all done on the server side. Pretty cool. Same thing Stadia is doing, but they're having their typical Google problems with rollout, right? They never have a technology problem. They always have a UX problem. DJI's new Mavic Mini is getting great reviews. It basically fits in your hand. It takes 2.7K video, which is not 4K, but it's still really good. And it could fly for around 26 minutes on a charge. I think once we can get these things flying for a couple hours on a charge, I might be interested. I can't deal with waiting and charging and prepping and then doing 26 minutes and starting over. That's that's a non-starter for me. Uber is expecting to be profitable by the end of 2020. It's faster than I thought. They seem to be behind by billions of dollars last time I checked. Human news. China's people are justifiably upset at the government for ignoring the whistleblower Li Wenlang, who warned everyone about coronavirus, and who was subsequently died from it. There have been billions of views of content celebrating him and the sacrifice he made. And wow, I mean, Godspeed, Li Wenlang. You may have just saved millions of lives, and now you're dead from this thing that people, the government, did not believe was real. Researchers have created an implant that grants sight to the blind by bypassing the eyes completely and connecting directly to the brain. This wired piece argues that it's silly to argue that the coronavirus has so many fewer deaths than the flu because compared to the flu, it's only touched a tiny fraction of the population. I think it's a pretty sound argument. A lot of people are saying, well, the flu has killed more than 800 people, right? Why are we so worried about this? It's because the flu is everywhere and it's only killed, you know, however many thousand per year. If this virus, the coronavirus, were to be everywhere, I think the death count would be in the millions. So that's the difference. And that's why it's uh, not smart to compare the two directly until they have equal penetration. A fungus has been found inside the Chernobyl reactor that feeds on radiation. There's a diet for everyone. And got a story here from the New York Times about how dangerous dog parks can be for both owners and their dogs. Sounds bad, but all I could think about when I saw it was how amazing someone's life has to be before they start to have dog park problems. The author's name is Sassafras Lowry. Sassafras Lowry. Which to me sounds exactly like someone who has dog park problems. Unsuccessful young men are becoming increasingly angry and frustrated, and that is bad for everyone. Pretty good article here about how a number of men's groups are turning more sort of rancid. Ideas, trends, and analysis. The dark web has nothing on data brokers. This is a piece I wrote about a week ago, basically comparing the privacy threat of the dark web, which everyone seems to know about and seems really worried about, versus data brokers, which not enough people know about and is actually much worse. The Comfortable Life is Killing You. YouTube made $15 billion in 2019. Disney Plus already has 28.6 million subscribers. And people are wondering if they're going to stick around long enough for Mandalorian to come back. Pop songs are evidently getting sadder. This thing looks back all the way to 1972, like recently. And the number of negative words is increasing and the number of happy words is decreasing. 
You have a limited number of weirdness points, and you should use them wisely. Updates. Between tracking and GDPR cookie pop-ups, the web is becoming largely unusable for me. I think I pretty much prefer to use Feedly RSS at this point. And when I do the show and I have to click through the links, I'm just enraged at like the fact that I can't even use it. So you appear to be using a pop-up blocker. Here, subscribe to this newsletter. Is it okay if we track your location? Oh, and once you get to the content, now you're going to watch a video, you know, before you're going to watch the video you actually wanted to watch. And so you're watching commercials forcibly, forcibly watching commercials. So now I'm 15, 30 seconds, 45 seconds into a conversation. Haven't even got to the content yet. And I've already interacted with, by clicking on things. And as a security person, I hate the fact that I have to click accept like seven times before I get to do anything else. It's completely programming the wrong behavior. It's all due to, you know, ad-based content creation. Basically, you can't create content unless you're supported by ads, which means you must annoy your users. It's just a really crappy model. I hope more people move to the direct model that that I'm using and people like Sam Harris are using. It's, it's just a much better way. So I got my new Mac Pro set up, 16 cores, 96 gigs of memory. It's my first desktop in 15 years. Really great not to worry about performance anymore. Everything just kind of works. Even have a Windows partition with uh, Path of Exile and Overwatch, which I am no good at either of those games, but they're kind of fun. And I'm about to do an interview for the show with a former general with a focus on election security. Should be up within a week or so, recording on Friday. Discovery. Jordan Peterson's step-by-step guide to writing an essay. A crazy behavior of wildcarding in the find command. Convert Jupyter notebooks to web apps. The missing semester of your CS education. This is a super cool article, a bunch of shell stuff. Honestly, it's like stuff everyone wishes they learned. Well, if they learn it later, they're like, why didn't I learn this in school? Reverse engineering my router's firmware using Binwalk. Someone did a mock-up of a potential future of dating on Amazon. It's quite hilarious. You can supposedly get a decent meal at Chipotle for $3.95. I wonder if this is going to last. I hope so. I'm going to try it. Somebody used AI to upscale a train video taken in 1896 to 4K, and it looks spectacular, super clear. A defensive WordPress, which I run on the site, so I liked it. Time.gov has been upgraded, and it looks pretty slick. A pivot cheat sheet for pen testers. Polyshell. A script that works simultaneously in Bash, Batch, and PowerShell. Carbon Copy, a tool that creates a spoof certificate and signs an executable for AV evasion. Polymath, a universal markup language. I was messing with this a little bit. Looks super interesting. And SHHGET, SHGET, SHGET, I guess that's how you say it. Real-time monitoring for secrets in code repositories. Recommendations. Arc seems to be an extremely popular replacement for older backup solutions like Time Machine and CrashPlan and all the different ways Google tracks you and how to stop them. <clears throat> and finally, the, and the aphorism for the week. The most creativity comes from the most personal. The most creativity comes from the most personal. Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho is the director who won Best Picture last night at the Oscars. And this whole thing with uh, the most creativity coming from the most personal, I think is really smart because it's the thing that you know the best. So if you explore that fearlessly and openly, 
I think you can find the most creativity in something that you know the best, which is your own experience. And I uh, thought that was really powerful. The most creativity comes from the most personal. Bong Joon-ho. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe ads are not just annoying, but that their incentive structure is toxic to the content creation process. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter each week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here in the podcast. They also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeesler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. Each of you is helping support a model of content creation that we really need right now. And I appreciate you greatly. We'll see you next time.